0: Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wolber, and I was very lucky to sit down with one of my favorite people in multifamily live and in person at the Multifamily Social Media Summit. Her name is Stacy Steeman, and she is the senior vice president of corporate marketing and development for the Pasco companies. Stacy is creative. She is incredibly smart, well-spoken, and she's always looking for fresh ideas and new perspectives. So we talked a lot about that during our conversation, not just why she keeps coming to the multifamily conferences, but some of her favorites that are outside of our industry and how she's been able to grab ideas and bring them into her work in multifamily. Additionally, we had a really fun conversation about influencer marketing and the difference between a macro and a micro influencer and specifically how she's been able to use that to create success for one of their communities in Kentucky. This conversation was fun and incredibly dynamic. I hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. All right, Stacey, we are live at Multifamily Social Media Summit. Thank you for joining.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: You've been a longtime uh, friend connection in the industry, and I've really liked getting to know you over the past couple of years. And for those listening that don't know who you are, would you mind sharing just a little bit about who you are and how you found yourself in the role you're in today at Pasco?
1: Oh boy, who am I? I? A lot of people know who I am, but for those that don't, I've been in commercial real estate slash multifamily industry now for the past 16 years. Prior to that, I have a, quite a diverse background, starting with nonprofit work for the American Red Cross. Um, if you think selling or buying multifamily is hard, try getting the need for blood or selling the need for blood. Um, so I, I did that start started my career. I was an advertising major, communications at Cal State Fullerton. And from there, I went to work in the hospitality industry, which has helped me greatly in this this field. I take a lot of what I learned back in my Hyatt days, and I've rolled it here to Pasco. And then I got into the fitness, and indus- fitness industry where I worked at a major sports club and then got into commercial real estate, like I said, 16 years ago. And I am now the senior vice president of marketing and basically corporate marketing, somewhat pro- property marketing, as well as business development for our firm.
0: I love it. One of the things that I've always appreciated about you is your outside of the industry perspective, which you just talked about, you actually talked about that quite a bit at AIM last Mm -hmm. year in our session. And I think one of the interesting things about you is that you're constantly looking and even attending other conferences just to keep your hands and feelers so that you don't keep the blinders on, which a lot of people in our industry do. How, How do you think about that every year when it comes to travel? And how do you kind of fit that in to make sure that you're staying fresh and gaining all sorts of perspectives?
1: Sure. It's, it's really funny. I do look outside of our industry. I actually, we don't, we don't buy hotels. We don't even dabble in the hotel industry, but there's a couple of friends of mine that head up, um, It's called California Lodging Investment Conference and is based here, well, here, Orange County, California. And I've found that I I like going to those shows because you get to see a different perspective. Multifamily is very similar to hotels and the hospitality side. And I learn a lot from those major hoteliers, Hyatt's, the Marriott's, even the smaller boutique shops. And I, I gain not, not just exhibit or promo items, but how they structure these hotels and what types of things can we implement at our own properties that would excel us to the next level, be different. I'm the type of person I think outside the box. Same with you, Mike. We have very similar uh, philosophies on that. We don't want to do things like the normal people do. We have to be different and different is, I think it's a good thing. Um, we want to set the new boundaries and we want everyone to go, wow, how did they come up with that? And what made them think of that? I mean, everything from going to bicycle conferences. My husband is in the, uh, mountain biking e-bike space and he just designed his own e-bike, which is very exciting. Um, but going to those conferences, it's so different, extremely different from our conferences. We're so professional and everybody is, you know, talking real estate and over there they are they're talking bikes and they're getting, I mean, they're in shorts and t-shirts. It's such a different industry, but you get that different perspective. So yeah, I do go online and I talk to friends and say, what conferences are you going to? I have some friends that are in the exhibit industry and I ask them, which one should I go to? Where would I get the best value? Because they go to these every year. So I do pick and choose and I encourage people that work with me or for me to, to go do the same Uh because you learn a lot.
0: I love it, that's really cool. Do you have any conferences you've attended that if I'm like a VP of marketing listening to this, that you would recommend someone either follow their blog or even think about attending?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, well, I think the one I just mentioned, the the hospitality one, because it is so much like us, but different enough to where you would gain that insight and the different perspectives. Um, I'd say one that most people on this side of the industry, which Mike, you now know about because you came, I told you about it, but it is the Adisa show, which a lot of people on this side of the industry could maybe benefit from, which is... It's a mouthful, but it's Alternative Direct Investment Securities Association or ADISA. And that is for people that do DSTs, REITs, funds, anything like that. But what we don't realize is there's a lot of ownership groups just like Pasco that are out there buying and selling multifamily properties and just syndicating it differently, but they all need these services. So... I would just kind of branch out, go to those. I would go to um, multifamily leaderships, another one I go to, um, MFE conferences, NMHC, they've got a lot of great networking conferences. So just kind of getting out of the space. I know there's a lot of people that will go to the standard conferences, but I think the thing that I try to preach out there is be different, expand who you're talking to, because that's what's going to le- um, elevate your business. Totally.
0: Totally. In terms of conferences like this one, we're at Social Media Summit in Napa right now. When you come, what are some of your goals? Is it content, networking, touching vendors, kind of meeting new people, a little bit of the all of the above? Like, I'd love to hear 10 years in the industry plus, like, You certainly find some value, but what is it? How do you approach conferences like this?
1: Well, it's really funny. Everybody thought I'd been here before. (laughs) Everyone I talked to said, oh yeah, last year. I'm like, nope, first time. It's my first time here at this conference, which I'm glad that we came to. And the thing I look at it, I was really excited about the content. Content is huge. We are doing a big push on social media, on video, and providing content that's not already out there corporate-wise as well as our property level. And so I want to come here and learn what all of the partners are doing out there to elevate the experience for the multifamily properties. I want to hear from the experts in the space on what they're doing and how it works and the how-tos. The more... People tell us how to do something and give us step-by-step processes. That's what I'm looking for. I can go on the internet and Google, what is this or what is that? But if I'm sitting here and I am jotting down notes like crazy, that means that speaker is doing something right. And I want to leave here and probably like yourself, you're going to, you're going to blog about it. You're going to do podcasts about it and you're going to actually educate the industry. So what they're speaking about today is going to continue on for months, years down the road because what they said resonated with you. So it's that, it's seeing good friends, it's meeting new people, um, yeah, I I get a lot out of different conferences in different ways, but this one was really, really up our alley right now because it's an initiative that we're working on.
0: That's great. This is random, but you just mentioned note-taking. Are you a pen and paper person? Are you on your iPhone? Are you on the Remarkable? A lot of Remarkables are here right now.
1: I still like pen and paper. I, You know, there's times where I pick up the pen and paper. There's other times where I pull out my notes on my iPhone. I'm a very simple traveler. I have a small purse and a laptop doesn't fit in there, but... I am. I need to get on this Remarkable. Is it Remarkable?
0: Uh, it's called Remarkable. Okay. It is Remarkable, and okay. I'm trying to get sponsored by them right now. So, I Do you have one? No, but I want one. They're just not cheap, oh. and they are
1: incredible. Well, Remarkable. You need to give Mike Wolver one because he will <laughs> he will advertise and promote the you-know-what out of it. So give him a Remarkable. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you. And then you could
1: tell me how it is so I can go buy one.
0: Um, Kate, you've talked a little bit about... Um, This like outside of the industry thing, you also early on in your introduction, just mentioned that you're an owner when it comes to Pasco and in your position, you're an SVP over corporate, but also some property. What does the balance look like as a marketer to make sure that you're in your property marketing, but giving your operators autonomy? That's a loaded question, but I'm just curious how you find the balance there. Because certainly you're thinking about things you could do, but you're working through third party. Yes. How do you find a balance there?
1: It's, it's difficult, um, you know, Pasco is an owner. We have different types of assets that we work with. It's not just multifamily. I'd say, you know, ninety to ninety-five percent of our portfolio is Class A multifamily properties. But we do have some self-storage. We do land entitlement, which a lot of people don't realize that we do. Uh, we have some retail assets that are still in our portfolio, and we're continually looking for the next type of asset class. You know, whether it's industrial or um, we have a couple fifty-five plus housing communities that we um, own and manage, and. When we third-party manage, we still have uh, a complete asset management team that is, we've got about 11 that will oversee certain properties. And right now we're sitting at eight different property management companies. The challenge from our seat in corporate marketing is you want to continue with Pasco's brand. You want that brand to stay true and consistent across the board and then one day you're 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 thrown a loop and saying okay this property needs a full rebrand we need uh new signage we need to have new video photography you have to be up to speed from our seat on every single piece of technology that is out there in order to know what to bring to your portfolio we will provide recommendations to our third parties it's not like we're going to mandate. We're going to work directly with their marketing folks and make sure that what we're implementing at the property is the right thing. They know the market, they know the marketing for these properties. We don't want to take any of that away from them. We just want to be that extra resource for them. And we do rely heavily on our third parties as well when it comes to making these decisions, because it's, it takes a team to execute something correctly and effectively.
0: This is uh, kind of an offshoot, but I'm really curious. And if this is uh, off limits, just slap me on the wrist and we'll move on. Uh, What about technology? As an owner, you're in the market, you are at the conferences, you're seeing the latest and greatest. You're also working with your asset team, hearing Mm -hmm. about feedback from the sites. When you or your team like really lock in on a new technology that you think could drive value for Pasco. Is it harder to roll out when you are an owner? Is it longer to roll out? How do you find a balance there? Because technology selection is top of mind for a lot right now, Yes, but so is finding a balance between telling your operators what to do and letting them be the experts. I'd love to hear from you how that works.
1: Oh, that's a challenging one. When you said the word long, long time, (laughs) yes. It is a very long process. Um, I'd say we do vet every company Um, inside and out. And that's the longest process. But what we do is we're thinking about which property needs what. So if we're looking at a property that is, you know, struggling in lease up, and we know that, you know, XYZ technology company can help lease this property up, we may roll that out on this particular property, but not across our entire portfolio. And that would be an immediate need. So we would roll that out immediately. If we're looking to roll something out um, across the entire portfolio, that is when it takes a longer process. And for instance, um, you know, I know we were just talking about this, but we just did a full migration at Pasco for um, with Entrata. So the past year and a half has been a grueling process. It's been actually pretty seamless though, considering everything considered, but we had, we hired a full training team. So we went out and we went across the country, visited every property and trained the staff on the new Entrada program um, or migration. And so that, that in itself was a lot, but I gotta tell you, we, when we have eight management companies, used to be 12. So now we're at eight, it's great. it's It's a lot, especially on the accounting side. So, our CFO was the biggest proponent for getting this migration to happen. And what it has done for us so far, we saw immediate results recently when it came time for our budgeting process as well as our tax returns. All the taxes were done. Everything was out by february twenty eighth, wow. which most companies out there, I'd say ninety nine percent of the companies out there probably filed for the extension where Pasco came in and we got it all completed like we said we would do to the investors. So, um, that puts us a leg ahead. And I think that was really due to this technology that we rolled out.
0: Absolutely. Wow. I mean, so. that's a huge, huge benefit. And I have to think consolidation and decision making portfolio wide becomes a little bit easier too with yes. a single version of truth. Yes. Yes. Um, random question tied to something we were talking about before this. Stacy, Steeman, Stacy, is creative. And you talked a little bit about this influencer program that you kind of just built from scratch in Kentucky. Yes, And I'd love to hear the story, kind of why you sure. did it, if it worked, if it didn't, how you measured it. That feels very relevant for a social media focus conference.
1: Yes, yes. I am be- I am one that falls for influencer posts every day of my life. Um, a new post could come up on Instagram or Facebook and I'm one to buy the product. Um I'm kind of a sucker in that way. But when it, regarding the property, it was the Henriette Fritz Farm, I'll go more specifically, in Lexington, Kentucky. And that particular property, it was brand new to our portfolio. And uh, a woman, she actually was looking to rent an apartment there, and she knew the manager a little bit. And she said, well, what would it take for me to come in and you know get a discount in rent? She's like, I'm really big on on social media. And so... We approached the subject and it turns out that we wanted to hire, I wanted to hire a micro-influencer. I wanted to start the program somewhere. And this was a perfect opportunity to do it. So she came in and she it's funny because we've never done this before, but I developed a contract from scratch. I made it. I had our legal team look at it with everything that I wanted as far as content pieces, how she had to do it monthly, what the discount in her rent was going to be, and was it going to generate a return and make sense for Pasco and the property. And so lo and behold, did the contract. She signed it. She moved in. And within, I'd say, three or four months, we had 11 leases. So she was just a very well-known, she's former Miss Kentucky. She was in the top three for Miss USA. Um Her boyfriend plays for the, I think it's University of Kentucky basketball team. So between the two of them, they are just local celebrities that people know and trust and follow. I think she had maybe... I don't know. It was like 20 or 30,000 followers, which is not a ton, no. but for a micro-influencer, it was it was perfect. And I, I showed my son. My son is 12 years old and my son is on TikTok and we're very limited on that, by the way. It's not freely. <laughs> uh, but he looked at it and I go, look, Cody. I said, I just got an influencer. I'm like, how cool is that? And he goes, mom, she has like 30 or, thou- or 40,000 followers. That's like nothing. And I said, but Cody, you have to understand, I'm not looking for macro. I don't need everybody in the world to know who this person is. I need the people in Lexington, Kentucky to know who she is and who follow her. Mm-hmm. And it true it was it was proven to be exactly what we needed at that property. And for me, I'm looking to roll that out at other properties because it was so effective and it was great. Everyone loved it. So
0: that that's a really cool story. Yeah. Um, another random Stacey kind of story that I'd love to hear about is last year at AIM, you dropped the mic at the end of our session with the story of the shamble. Yes, And I would say in the world of AIM, it went viral, even Mm -hmm. though it was just in the world at AIM. Can you tell the shamble story for people that are listening and just kind of connect some dots there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, You know, we were talking about making extra revenue at your property level and renting out your cabana space is a very easy way to do it during the summer months. And a good friend of mine used to work for Red Bull and every time we would have our fantasy football draft at her house, she would host shambles. And I'm like, Amy, what is a shambles? Well, it's the summer, okay, you can't do it with any kind of Red Bull. You can't just use the basic Red Bull. It has to be, and yes, you have a Red Bull right there. <laughs> it has to be the summer edition with the fruity flavors, really good flavors. And it can be any champagne you like, but when you mix the two, you get the shambul, which, as we all know, tastes delicious. And um, well, we were up on stage speaking about this. The shambul was just this. It's it, it's a thing. It's a new terminology. Uh, I had a t shirt made and said it's shambul time, and it it had the time of our panel on there. And it's a way to just get creative and promote your property with using different and unique things. So. Until that day, I'd say most of the people in that audience had no clue what a shampoo was. And after that day, I got a package in the mail mm-hmm. that had a bottle of champagne and I think six Red Bull cans with a thank you note saying, Stacy, that was the best idea. I loved my shambool. I'm going to be making these all summer long. So it was really inspiring to see that just this crazy idea to implement at a panel really stuck long term.
0: Oh, total, I totally, I think about that all the time because sometimes like I, I'll call them micisms, like things that I just like create in a moment to hopefully stand out. Six, 12 months later, you'll run into someone and you'll realize that like little thing you did, branding or some sort of yes. creativity or just something that's against the grain and not normal is all it takes to like get someone's attention or create that memory. And that is just like a great example of one that I've experienced with you that a full year later, I reference that story probably at least once a month. Oh.
1: Well, we have to brainstorm for the next one.
0: We, we definitely do.
1: <laughs> the next bright idea is coming.
0: Uh, going back to the influencer um, thing, you said you f- sometimes are a sucker for them. Have yes. you purchased a product from an influencer that you ha- that's you been worth it? Oh, gosh. Every day, I feel like.
1: Um, my husband will shoot me. Uh, yeah, I would say, oh, you know what I just bought? I brought it here. Tell me. <laughs> You're going to die. You're going to laugh. So have you guys seen the party patches? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think I have. It's I'm
1: Googling it's it. but it, it also it's what it is is a patch that you put on your body somewhere, usually on your arm, and it's full of vitamins. Mm-hmm, see party okay. patch. You have lots of choices. Googled it, and I just bought mine straight off of Amazon. But I just wanted to try it. I knew I was coming to Napa, and we knew there was going to be a lot of wine tasting. And I'm kind of a lightweight. It takes me like one or two drinks, and I'm like, Ugh. and then a <laughs> lot of wine just makes you feel kind of icky the next morning. Yep. So this patch, I I did it yesterday. And we went to two wine tastings with quite a bit of wine. And this morning I woke up totally fine. And it's 100% organic. And all it is is just a bunch of vitamins that is going into your body, I think. I don't even really know exactly how it works, but all I know is I felt great this morning.
0: If you represent a uh, patch company, Stacey Steeman has (laughs) 4,152 followers that are very engaged on LinkedIn, and she's open. Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, Well, as we wind down today, I'm curious if you have any questions for me. Oh, my gosh.
1: How do you do it? How do you have so much energy? I want to know how you come up with all of your content that I see. The first thing I wake up in the morning is Mike Wolber. It's on my LinkedIn every morning. How do you how do you come up with the content? I
0: uh, I'll give you like the medium length okay. version of this answer. I genuinely love what I do and who I do it with. And I think that comes through. Like my energy is not fake. I think Trevor who's in this room would uh, testify like I'm, I'm the same version I am online in person. And there are two things that just give me like immense joy and, and energy. And I'm an energy person. And if I wasn't energized, I would be doing something different. The people I get to work with are like truly like a destination team for me. And the inspiration and the storytelling is like a huge part of my flywheel that comes through online And I would say that the second thing is that the industry that we're a part of is just so opportunistic and there's just such an opportunity to continue to raise the bar by sharing and building in public. And I think I just have found a lot of joy in almost being vulnerable, maybe overcoming imposter syndrome for sure. And just like sharing what's happening in my life. And what I've learned and what I've really like leaned on Stacey is that most people are incredibly kind. I really thought early on that like, I was going to get hated on for being active and sharing. But it's been good for me. It's been good for Rent Dynamics. It's made it easier to recruit. Yes. And those are all just great benefits from sharing what Mike's working on or thinking about online.
1: Well, you're one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I, I have to tell everybody a story. So when you came to Adisa, I don't know if you recall, I forgot my cord for the TV. So I couldn't I couldn't connect my laptop to the TV. Mike tried everything he could to figure this out. He went to how many Two, three, four stores. At least three. Uh Uh-huh. To find me this cord. He was adamant to find it. He connected everything for me. He was my savior at that conference. So I will never forget that. And you're just, you're, you're so genuine. You're so nice. And you're so personable that whenever you ask me to just I'm like, okay, okay. Whether I want to do it or not, I'm going to do it because you ask. So I am very glad I did this with you today. And, um, yeah, I just hope people get something out of it. I always, I always hope there's at least one takeaway from what I say.
0: They will. I think you are, um, a mystery to many and for many, they also do know you. And I think conversations like this, even though they're somewhat off the cuff, they're a great way to get, to get to know the, you know, person behind the wall or the facade online. And I think that helps. Yes. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you.